Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Welcome to episode 112, 112. We've got a bit of a triple header for you this week as our last podcast was just over 10 days ago, and we've played three games since then, including today, as we record this, it's bank holiday Monday. There is an awful lot to talk about. We will try and keep this to under or around the hour Hour. mark. I don't think we will because there is just so much to talk about. So let's not ramble. Uh, Let's crack on with the supporters club. Cool. Right. An hour five, I reckon it will come in. So supporters club updates. Coaches going to Aldershot on Saturday, 23rd of September for a 3pm kickoff. Departure time is 11am from Brisbane Road and the fares are £21 for adults. £18 for concessions with a £3 surcharge for non-members. You can book in the club or on the travel line on 07722135970. And as we remind you now, please make your own arrangements for match tickets as they are not included in that price. I can't believe we actually need to say that, but obviously there's been incidents yeah. where people have rocked up thinking it includes their ticket. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, on Saturday, that's next week, uh, we host Geisley. Doors will open at... Uh, 12 noon at the Supporters Club will be showing whatever they'll be showing sorry whatever football is on the box all the usual top quality owls will be available as well as the world famous roles if you've still not renewed your memberships go and see Karen and she will be very pleased to help you yep all the tickets went straight away for the evening with Nigel and Kent on Wednesday the 13th of September but the Supporters Club are printing another 50 which you can get at the home game against Geisley on Saturday which is first come first serve. That is going to be Ramo. That, that is evening. going to be standing room only. Absolutely and finally for the Supporters Club <coughs> another of the popular beer festivals will be taking place on Friday the 22nd of September featuring owls from the Twickenham Brewery. The doors open for that at 5pm. Admission is free to all, no membership required. So if you're around on the 22nd uh, on the Friday, get down there and get on it. Absolutely. We've had an update from the Trust, quite a lengthy and substantial update. So great to be able to inform you about all the great work that they've been doing. Trust say thank you to History Makers, the Leighton Orient walking football squad, who were the first to be pre-match flag bearers and half-time penalty takers at the O's in the National League on Tuesday night when we played Solihull Moors. Yep. Also goes on to say a huge thank you to all the junior supporters who were our pre-match flag bearers at our first Saturday National League game against Maidstone United. Peyton, April, Jamie, Drew, Nina, Samuel, Morgan, Alex, Shay, Teddy, Sadie and Lauren. And to our half-time <laughs> Energy Bet Crossbar Challenge participants, Adam Lewis, Lee Deering and Paul Staines. Adam winning by virtue of hitting the crossbar on his first attempt. Well done, Ad. Mate, Great sign stuff. him up. Sign yeah. him up. Look out for the next energy bet competition for a chance to get on the pitch at the AFC Fylde game on September the 30th. Yep. The Trust also say a massive thank you to midfielder Alex Lawless, who popped over to the Score Centre 3G pitch last Thursday to chat with staff and participants of the award-winning mental health project Coping Through Football. Alex also put on a warm-up and passing session that was greatly received and he also told the group that he would like to continue his career within football once he retires from playing, although that won't be for a few years yet. 
he hastened to add. And finally, from the trust, well, the first part, the reminder that there was a two-day FIO's Holiday Soccer Skills course running on Thursday, the 31st of August, and Friday, September the 1st, at the Score Centre in Oliver Road. This is for children aged 5 to 13, and it runs from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on both days and costs £30. If you'd like to book or just want more information, you can call 0208 556 5973 for more details or by visiting the website at www.laytonorienttrust.org.uk slash bookings. Ah, well done there. 80 years in Leighton. On the 28th of August, it will be 80 years ago that Leighton Orient first played at Brisbane Road, a one-all draw with Cardiff City. The Leighton Orient Trust has been very fortunate in securing funding from the Heritage Lottery Fund to undertake an oral history project, gathering the memories of fans and residents alike through the course of those 80 years. Yep, the project, uh, which will be young people-led, will produce a website, art installations, exhibition and schools teaching packs so that everyone can access and learn about Orient's time in Leighton and how Leighton has changed. So the Trust are particularly interested in capturing memories on audio and on video from residents and fans uh, first impressions of the club and the stadium to what Orient means to the community and how Leighton Orient has changed since 1937. So they're asking residents and fans to get involved in the following ways. Recording a short piece on video or audio of your memories. If you are over 50, then you can attend a monthly reflections meeting which will be held at the club or scanning and sending any memorabilia you have that we can photograph for the website and use in the exhibition. Donating to the Trust's Just Giving page to help us do more research and celebrations, please go to www.justgiving.com forward slash Leighton Orient Trust. Yeah, and on this, the Trust are particularly interested in hearing from you if you are between 11 and 19 years of age and would like to be involved in undertaking some of the research and interviews and being involved in the steering group. So if you want to help with this, you can just email uh, inquiries at leightonorienttrust.org UK. It seems like there's going to be quite a big focus on this, and it seems like a well-planned well, well um, project and one that we, you know, would love to get involved with. Yeah. And we will we'll help us push as much as we can. One of the unique features of of Leighton Orient is our history. Absolutely, and not a lot of clubs can can say that. To be fair, Mate, um, London's second oldest club, eighteen eighty one, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well done there. Uh, right before <laughs> moving on to the ten days that were, just to bring you some other news in case you weren't aware, there's going to be a quiz. Uh, quiz fans need to be at the Supporters Club on Sunday the 8th of October at 7 o'clock. Um, you may remember when the Loft were doing the Regen Fund that there was a quiz then to raise money for that. Well, these are the same organisers of that. They're Leighton Orient fans and it's all all good there. £8 a head with a maximum of eight in a team and there will be some food for each team. There are eight spaces left, so eight team spaces left for that night. The women's team have confirmed and hopefully Steve Davis is also going to be bringing a team and there's going to be a raffle as well. All the money is going to be going to the supporters club, which will then be handed to the club to donate. Like at the start of the season, we donated £5,000 to the ladies team. Can anyone beat the LOFC yeah. staff team? There is the gauntlet. It has been <laughs> laid down. To enter, either speak to Lee Deering or Simon, Simon Feldman, who is usually inside yes, right, right the of door. the door, yeah. at any of the home games in the supporters bar, or send an email to lmd85 at hotmail.co.uk. Or if you see us in there, speak to us and we can point you in the right direction. Yeah, so let's crack on in the 10 days that were. So Thursday, the 17th of August, so quite a day to report, Kent Teague, 
kindly tweets us following his appearance in episode 111 and said, all the LOFC information is helpful. Enjoyed our time together. Now fans know my request for when our team faces adversity. Hashtag our club. Hashtag up the O's. So basically, if you haven't listened to episode 111 yet, give it a listen. And yeah. Kent, thank you for coming on uh, the podcast. Always appreciated. Absolutely. On Friday the 18th of August, Aaron Pollock joined National League South team Wildstone on a one-month loan deal. So good luck, uh, Aaron. But unfortunately, after one match, their manager, who was there for about 20-odd years, uh, got sacked uh, <laughs> yeah. straight after that debut, unfortunately. Um Sadly, unfortunately, uh, Scott McLeish, XO Scott McLeish, who was assistant manager, sadly he oh, also lost his job. I didn't know that. Yes, it's been made out to be a whatever his name. I can't remember. Graham. So he's moved upstairs in some sort of youth role or something, but they don't have a youth team. So oh, okay, so Scott's gone. Scott's gone as well, unfortunately. Cool. And yeah. obviously, we have interviewed Scott McLeish. If you're a new listener, you can go back through our timeline and catch Scott McLeish, uh, which was like. Two and a half years ago, we met him. Remember, we met him off one of the motorways. You remember one of our first interviews. One of our first interviews. A great interview. If you've not listened to it, go back in time and listen to it. South Mim Services. It was, mate, at the hotel. Was it the Premier Inn or something? Yeah. Yeah. So Saturday, the nineteenth of August, (laughs) under 18s beat Cambridge United one 0 in the morning with Aaron Rose goal in the first thirty seconds, enough to win the match. So well done, the young O. Still beating league teams like under eighteen level. Very good to see. Yeah. Good pedigree there. Woking away. Um, was also on Saturday the 19th so the team lined up with Granger in goal Caprice, Elakobi, Coulson and Widderston were the defence Lee Lawless, McEnough and Dayton were the starting midfield and Mooney and Bond started up top subs were Sargent, Sendles White, Clay Bocco and Karoma yeah there were two changes from the starting uh, lineup uh, from Bromley which is the previous game is Joby McEnough and James Dayton returned to the starting 11 and Jamie Sendles White uh, made the bench for the first time in place of Michael Clark. So for me, that's the lineup I thought that would start that match. No surprises there. Obviously bringing it back in Dayton and making up off the back of that 6-1 defeat at Bromley. Yeah, I agree with you, especially after what happened at Tuesday. So no great surprises there. And Billy Herring, uh, at Billy Herring 03, tweeted, said, I'd like to see Clay get a start. I think he offers more drive from midfield. Yeah, good point there. Mirrored by lots of other tweets we had prior to that match. Yeah. And TCW0102, his uh, view on the team, saying Moons and Bon are tops but are yet to click as a unit but when they do we will see our best most effective team since the playoff season another good point great there. comment so we're just going to cover this game briefly because yeah. now this is three games away so we'll give it a bit of yeah. coverage we won't go too far deep into it first 15 minutes were quite quiet neither side really taking control of the game yep and then we started creating a bit more up front in the next 10 minutes Bond shot over the bar Mooney drove a volley across goal Dayton delivered a free kick that was cleared before Charlie Lee got his third booking of the season yeah. Interestingly, we just thought, you know, that's three and five games, 60% booking turnover. Which is a bit surprising, to be fair. A bit of an enforcer. Just, yeah, just goes to show he's getting stuck in. Yeah. Um, as a positive on that. In the 44th minute, James Dayton hits a free kick just wide in, in quite a dangerous position, to be fair. Yeah. And then just before half time, there was one minute, one minute of stoppage time played. Mooney went down in the area. I got booked for simulation. Um, and the half ends nil nil. And I've seen that. Moon's. You could say went to ground a bit too emphatically, but we'll just leave that a bit one too there. easily. Okay, yeah. so half time nil nil. Sound sound like it was really a tight first half, although we had more of the chances. Good to see the defence have a good forty five minutes following the debacle. The debacle that was Tuesday, yeah. which we won't keep going on about. Agree on that one. Agree on that one. Mm. Definitely. Attendance, yeah, yeah. two thousand eight hundred and eighty five. 
with 1,078, nearly half the fans in attendance were Leighton Orient fans, which... Mate, some National League teams aren't even getting 1,078 people on their grounds as a whole. And yeah, we're I take, know. We're taking Boring that amount, out. We're taking that amount to, um, to Woking, so fantastic there. And the support this season has been incredible. So well done to everyone who went to Woking. <laughs> yep. So no subs at half-time. Uh, so second half kicks up with the same lineup. Yeah, then in the 47th minute, James Dayton has a decent shot that's saved by Baxter. One minute later, Lawless fired just over the bar and then... Super Bon. So in the 50th minute, Jake Caprice crosses in from the right, got a bit of time, a bit of space, put in a very good low cross. And there was McCauley Bon who slides in to make it 1-0 to the Orient. Good finish there from Bon. And to be fair to Caprice, a very good ball in. It's one of those that's played in, in the sweet spot. Lovely for Bond to attack, beat his man to it, and a good finish. Jake Caprice, for me, has been one of the standout players that we've signed. Because Caprice is so good, it gives Dayton the opportunity to be so good as well. Because Caprice is making some great runs off of him and attracting their left-back and a left-winger, which has given Dayton the time and space to do what he wants, basically. So you can't underestimate Caprice's impact on Dayton as well. But I agree with you, Caprice has been... Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Not mate, continue on the right-hand side. Yeah, 100%. Uh, then in the 54th minute, Joby got booked and Lawless got booked in the 63rd minute. Uh, we seem to be picking up quite a few bookings. I think we are going to have to be careful at some point because they do add up and come November, December, um, we might be looking at some enforced yeah. suspensions, that's, unfortunately. That's why you need a big, strong squad. Exactly. Depth. 69th minute, Craig Clay... Came on for Charlie Lee, uh, Clayton, and he got booked <laughs> a minute after coming on the pitch. <laughs> there you go. More pressure in this period from the O's as we started to look to kill the game off. Yeah, an 82nd minute, Clayton's possession, uh, a Mackinough shot, deflected out into Mooney's path in a brilliant position. He was central of the box, uh, just beyond the penalty spot. And it's kind of come to him as a, like, very quickly and he snapped at it. But unfortunately, hit it right at the keeper. These are the chances that we need to be scoring. If he scores that... and Game's done at 2-0 yeah. uh, at that point. So unlucky for Mooney, but frustrating that didn't go in that one. But fear not, yeah, because the name's Bon. Macaulay Bon. Super Bon. Super Bon, <laughs> who then in the 86th minute gets his second of the game and seals the points up as he made it 2-0. He picked the ball up on the left inside Bromley's half, ran into the box, gets his angle to shoot and gets it in at the far post. So, yeah. I mean... I haven't seen that goal in all honesty. I shamefully admit that. Oh, um, Mr. Levy. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I will watch it and no doubt kick myself for not watching it before we recorded this. Well, you pretty much um, said what happened. He picks it up, he runs at it. No one re- he's either really fast or they've just not marked him well enough. So he's just running at them. Probably and, both. And no one's really tracking him. And he comes in at a tight angle. And I think the keeper shows him the far post and goes, well, go right for it, mate. I don't think you're going you're to get it past me. So that's three goals in five. And he does him. it quite easily. So great to see great. him. We said, you know. Prior to Bond scoring, as soon as he gets one, the rest will flow. The rest will flow. So he scored one tap, the previous game against Bromley, and then he scored two the game straight after. Yeah. So even though it's three and five, it's really three, three and two. two. So well done to McCauley Bond. 90th minute, Josh Caroma came on for Joby McEnough. And then four minutes of injury time have played out as Romwee Boko comes on for James Dayton. And the full-time whistle goes, and we've got our first away win of the season and our third win out of three on grass for those that like stats yeah it's all about the grass baby so Dave Victor tweeted after the match about what Steve Davis had said to him in the post-match interview (laughs) sorry there's just a fly coming in I've just flicked it at (laughs) full so (laughs) Dave said 
Steve said his side was solid today and explained that all 11 had an off day at Bromley so they had an opportunity to put it right today. Can't yeah. I just flicked the fly. I can't believe you flicked the fly either. He also added that he's still looking to bring in a target for those games when the O's have to be more direct. And he also said Charlie Lee has a dead leg and we have a dead fly in the room somewhere. Somewhere? Well, no, I don't think it was harmed. But. <laughs> anyway, league table. So with five games played, it's three wins and two losses for Orient, giving us nine points. And sadly, because of the Bromley game, which we won't keep going on about, we've got a minus <laughs> one goal difference. So we sit eighth in the table at the moment. So your views on Woking, Mr Levy? Yeah, great result to build on. Uh, I think it's put Bromley behind us. I promise you we won't keep going on about it. Glad that Jamie got uh, some competitive game time and for McCauley to get two goals. Uh, we said once the first one goes in, others will flow, as we said earlier. Very concerned Charlie Lee has got... Uh, as many bookings as he's got and really at this early stage of the season possibly and I'm writing this at the time obviously of this game yeah. time to rest him and give Clay a run in the team question mark Mate, like your psychic um, I just see the future we do so <laughs> future's bright the future's, your views the future's leavy uh, <laughs> my views a great response following Tuesday uh, excellent to see a clean sheet it's well done to Charlie and the defence great to see Bond get a double so that's three and two for him maybe wrote this ages ago um well done, to Steve Davis. Yeah. well done to Steve Davis for sticking to his ideas and not uh, changing his team. Uh, but we have to keep an eye on bookings. An amazing away attendance following Tuesday. So a massive kudos to the travelling O's fans. So Absolutely. Those, so are, those uh, were our yeah. views. Yeah, we had quite a few views in from fellow fans. So again, as we always precurse this element of our show, uh, we're sorry if we don't mention yours. We do have to be quite strict. Otherwise, this will just end up being... A, a run through of our Twitter feed. Um, so some of the tweets that we had in that we've included this week. The first one's from at Joe Watts Nine, who said Tuesday shocking, but three wins from the first five and in the playoffs in hindsight isn't really a bad start. Goal difference concerning already though. Yeah, at Strongo Forty Three says Strongo's nerds fact of the day. Last time we conceded six on a Tuesday in nineteen eighty two. We won the following Saturday, keeping a clean sheet. Martin, Ooh. that is amazing. And I hope you're all better now. And I look forward to seeing you soon in the supporters club. Amen. At fan underscore England said, good if not convincing win, but will help with confidence. Need a left back big time, which is more criticism of Widdison. And certainly, unfortunately, wasn't the only no, one lots, we've received like that. Lots of tweets uh, about Widdison that we won't obviously read out all of them. <coughs> but not the only one. At Stassi Stassi said, we need to sort out central midfield. No leader or creativity, and the left-hand side of Mackinough, Elikobi, and Wooderson are looking very shaky as a free. At Peter L. Davy said, whilst it was a scrappy game, it's a good three points after the drumming against Bromley. Good to see we can bounce back. Yeah, good tweet that. At Digger H seven seven three zero four six is an important win. Learning about the players with every match. Nine points with a possible 15 is very good under the circumstances at Orient Fan TV defence a bit shaky 9 points from 15 most of us would have been happy with that before the season started goals hopefully flowing now for Bond yeah at Gould Howard says a bit concerned with the amount of bookings we're mounting up same players too early suspensions to key players is something we can do without at ALB 5399 second half fantastic show togetherness and courage Bond fantastic Mackinough looked tired Clay needs to start and Widdowson is just a mess. Yeah, LOFC Chaz says, very good. Clay needs to start. Coulson would also be a great on a permanent move and Bond was superb. Chasing everything in Caprice with a brilliant assist. We've had this before about Bond. Chasing absolutely every everything ball. Down, which is yeah, great to see. High energy. Yep. Didn't really like Lee today. He looked a bit off the pace uh, of the past few games. So I would play Clay. 
We're unbeaten on grass though, so up the O's. At Dijon's 1998, good performance second half. Lacklustre first. Missing that energy in the middle that Clay had. He has to start in place of Lee. It's interesting reading these in hindsight. Yeah. Like about Clay actually. Yeah. At Les underscore Bristow. So not convinced with Lee so far. Picking up too many bookings and not fit enough for 90 minutes. Clay needs more game time. At RP Bernstein, loving the consistency of Davis's team selection, even after a heavy defeat. Something we've not had from a long time. Hashtag stability. And the final word on Woking from at Bendy Bollard, who says credit to the team for repaying Steve Davis's faith in them, shows they have heart. Everyone needs to stay positive despite the inevitable setbacks. So, so thank, thank you. you. Yeah, for everybody who has tweeted us those. We have a prediction league update quickly. So well done to Samuel LOFC97, Bayford underscore Joel at S Churchill and Leighton Orient TV who predicted 2-0 to the O's so they get three points but a huge and even bigger well done goes to at Steve LOFC at Midtable Obscure at John Macca 1977 and at Joe underscore Pavitt who predicted 2-0 and one correct goal scorer so you get four points but an even huger well done just when you think it can't get huger it just always gets that's huger even a word. at Lawton Gamst predicted 2-0 to the O's and a bond double, so picked up the maximum five points. So there's always a max. So he gets five points. Very well played. Full t- table round that will be at the end of the pod. So now we move on to Sunday the 20th of August. The Orient ladies team were back in action as their season kicked off in the Women's Premier League. They were away to Cambridge United where they got a very decent nil-nil draw. So well done ladies. Yeah, very well done. It's going to be a tough season for the late night ladies moving up uh, a division. So we yeah. obviously keep you posted on all the ladies games as they come. And they are being covered. They have a dedicated reporter from the club yeah. reporting and covering their games as well. So you get more match yeah, brilliant to see. Uh, commentary if you like. Brilliant to see. Monday the 21st of August, not much to tell you about other than the fact that Cordy Bond was named in the non-league papers team of the week. So long may it continue and we'd like to see him in as many non-league papers team of the week yeah, as possible. absolutely. I do try to get that on a Sunday, but my co-op around the corner don't seem to stop that many or I go in too late. I saw it in Sainsbury's today. Did you? Yeah, in Debden. Oh, did so you? So anyone who lives in Debden, amazingly, Debden Sainsbury's do it. The shell, garage, the shell garage on Manor Road at the top of Fencepiece Road and Manor Road have like half a dozen copies sat there and it's Monday today and I picked it up today. I was like super surprised. Yeah. Anyway, Tuesday the 22nd of August, the club confirmed the appointments of Lewis Spencer as academy manager, Jimmy Unwin as head of coaching and announced that Peter Gill has been promoted to professional development phase assistant coach where he will work with Danny Webb in nurturing the O's youth team scholars. So congrats to Lewis Jimmy and Peter and I have to say that putting such infrastructure in I think our conveyor belt of Orient fans we're not just going to see the, the Coromas they're, they're not going to be the last one off the, off no, the conveyor belt it's fantastic do you know what I mean in the first it's team it's great to see that the new owners and Martin are putting that's, that's a it. building a building and building for the future um, and it's really good and a strong team in place and like you said hopefully we can see more players come through the conveyor belt so yeah. really good also on Tuesday the supporters club held a meet the manager night with Steve Davis. So, Paul, you were lucky enough to attend and we recorded uh, the evening in two parts. So they're available on our iTunes page, our SoundCloud page, TuneIn Tune in and Stitcher. Stitcher. So if you've not listened, have a listen. But it sounded, from what I've listened to, I've got nine minutes left of part two. Steve okay. came across really well and a really Fantastic. good evening. Fantastic. Really good evening. He's got a great personality. Very yeah. honest, like brutally honest, very upfront. Um, says what he can about you know the, you know with the questions that he gave 
Um, the first half of it I thought was brilliant. Um, I thought some really, really good questions. Uh, we got most of the way through the second part of it because uh, we took a break halfway through. We went into silly season a bit with people asking silly questions like what, like someone asked, what do the players earn? It's never um, those is it? it's, it's private. Like who? Why do these? Why do people think they no, have the right to to know just because the Premier League are reporting that you know their player got 150, yeah, yeah. 200 speculatively because no one ever knows because no one ever sees the contract. So anyway, um, really good evening. I thought Steve was great. Um, the microphone work it was working perfectly fine, so you could hear everything. Um, and it was good. It was good to see so many people. It was really good. It was it was really lovely and it was a good turnout as well. Good. So I've had loads of listeners on it. If you've not listened on it yet, get listening. So Wednesday, twenty third of August, the club announced on the website that bookings are being taken for another Som tour, which is taking place from Thursday the twenty first of June to Sunday the twenty fourth of June in two thousand and eighteen. So the tour will visit the resting places of William Jonas, Richard McFadden, and George Scott, and includes an official visit to the O's Memorial in the village of Fleurs, along with other places of interest over the four days. So you can book uh, for this tour with Steve Jenkins by either meeting up with Steve in the supporters club. I'm sure anyone listening to this knows who he looks like, but if you don't and you see us, we can point out Steve to you or you or can ask for him in the there. Yeah. yeah, or you can contact Steve, uh, Steve Jenkins, 1881 at btinternet.com or by phoning 07971. One four six five zero two. So those are ways to book, and we hope to get Steve on some point in the future when it's a bit quieter, when there's one game a week to talk about more about the trip. Absolutely, very quiet day for us at Orient Outlook Towers on Thursday the twenty fourth. So we flash, uh, uh, flash. Uh, sorry, move on rather to Mooney Friday the twenty fifth of August, and the club announced that Richard Emmett and Dave Travis have been added to the board of directors. On the appointments, Nigel Travis said, Dave and Rich bring vital skills to our board and will make a major contribution to making our club sustainable. Yep, so very good. Then congratulations to Richard and David on their appointments. Yeah, we met them both when we had the hospitality. Lovely people. Yeah. Very knowledgeable. More good blood into the club, so very happy with that. So moving on to Saturday the 26th of August. Happy birthday to listener Les K. Hope you had a great day. Um, yeah, that's about it really. If you know anyone who's got a birthday and listens to the podcast and wants a birthday shout out, you can ask for one by emailing us or giving us a DM on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or anywhere else you can find us. Yeah, we, we are we are out there. So Christian Scales joined Harlow Town on a month's loan. So good luck to him. Yep, the under-18s lost 4-0 um, to Stevenage. So a bit of a uh, a battering there really they've been doing quite well Surprise. up until recently so lost 4-0 so unlucky lad to go again next Saturday and get your yeah. chins up bit of a shock result there Sam Dolby reportedly played and scored for Crystal Palace's under 18s where he is apparently on trial and then before kickoff on Saturday the club confirmed that Charlie Lee is set for an extended spell on the sidelines through injury so Charlie suffered a knee injury in training on Thursday and scans were revealed he'll be out for a considerable amount of time. So Charlie, we wish you a speedy recovery. Um, we know you've been in the dressing room like Gene, the boys up. You have massive influence. Stay positive, mate. Get over your injury and come back bigger and stronger. We look forward to seeing you in an orange shirt as soon as you possibly can. I think it was reported later on after we've noted this. I think he's done his cruise shirt. I'm not seeing anything on it. I think he's done his cruciate, so hopefully it's not as bad as that. So, Eastley at home. Uh, the team was Granger, Caprice, Coulson, Elicobi, Wooderson, with Lawless, Clay, McEnough and Dayton in the middle, and then Bon and Mooney up top. And our five subs were Sergeant, Clark, Ochang, Bocco and Karoma. Yep, so my views on that. 
exactly what I expected, especially with the news that um, Lee was out. It's a bit of a no-brainer that Clay would come in. Yeah, so spot on. You? Absolutely agree with you. Yeah, spot on with there. The match kicked off. We were kicking towards the North Stand in what has been a change because usually we start kicking off... All three home games now. All, we seem to be training at the at our end of the pitch now. We're we're in the south, and then kicking towards the south in the second half, just yeah. like how it used to be. Yeah. So both teams look well organised. Not yep. much goal action in the first fifteen minutes to really tell you about. In the thirteenth minute, Green just scuffed a kick under a bit of pressure. The ball uh, fell to Constable inside the Orient half. He looked up and he knew he was going to hit it. And you're thinking, please don't hit the target, yeah, mate. And he did. We he looked up. And Granger slipped over as he was running back, but luckily the ball was going wide. And Granger gave a cheeky little look to those in the south, and then he puffed his cheeks yeah, out. Yeah, he did. Bit. He was relieved there. Just made so everyone laugh. For the next 15 minutes, we lost our early impetus, really. Yeah. Everything going through James Dayton on the right, who, who's a, a terrific player and who's having a fantastic game. Everything going through Dayton, like literally McEnough. Might, not, might as well not, not even been there, mate. Because it kept, you could see what they were doing, working the ball slowly, and then Caprice getting its date, and Caprice overrunning, and then Dayton trying to come on the inside. Is that playing strongly to our strengths, or because they've targeted Don't their know, left possibly. back? Possibly, good point. Well, it seems that we're targeting an awful lot of left backs, I would say, if that's the case, because we seem to do that most matches. Well, so it's, not. it's more focusing on playing to our would, strengths would rather so. than. Would have thought those. Okay, fine, no problem. Ella Kobe was also doing very well at the back. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. he's very commanding, isn't he? Yeah. Woodison did look a bit nervy. We noted. Um, not much going on down yeah. the left side. You, yeah, yeah. I, you, I remember you commenting, commenting on that in the second half as well. He looked a bit or, nervy. John, it looked like it was John getting to him a little bit, really. But he's, he's done all right for me. Like, Good. but I say I've not been to many away games this season. So thirty second minute was that man Dayton. If anyone was going to create a bit of magic to get us anything, it was going to be Dayton in this match. He picked up the ball, ran at the easy defence, drove forward, got in a box, and then got taken out by Wood, their defender. An easy decision from the referee, pointed to the spot straight away. No one appealed it. Blatant penalty yeah. uh, as ref pointed to the spot. Then upstep David Mooney, who I was pretty confident actually. I was saying, please don't miss. I had, I literally Just had, don't the, miss I it. had, we like sometimes pre have tweets ready, and I had the Mooney goal tweet ready, had my finger hovering over the tweet now button. And he stepped up. I think after the match, he says he's miskicked it a little yeah, bit because yeah. he's hit it. Stack's yeah. gone one way. The ball's gone the other way, which is great, but it's gone well wide of the post and smacked some guy in a white shirt. I think <laughs> sitting there didn't expect it. So a, a bad miss from Mooney there. Disappointing, but he came out to be fair to him after the match and tweeted saying sorry about the penalty. Yeah. Um, and that seemed to kill the crowd a little bit and seemed to like stuff it, stuffing out the team a little bit, I would say. Probably galvanised easily. Absolutely, yeah. Probably galvanised them because they conceded a penalty and they were employing unsporting behaviour. They were already trying to kill the clock. They were already trying to be yeah. difficult. Graham Stack is the key instigator. We'll come uh, on to Stack a bit. I yeah, yeah, but I think some of their part. players actually wanted to get the ball and, and, and play football. So it, it, was, it was quite even in, in, in what we've picked up on so far. But in injury time in the first half, Yates, Yates picked the ball up from a corner, ran lawless, sort of twisty and turny a little bit. And, and as he soon was, as Yates gets in the area, he, he went one way, then the other, and, and Lawless put his leg out. And, and their man went down easy, but no worse than what anybody else would do in that position. An absolute stonewaller. Uh, to be fair, we should have had two players on him from this corner. They played a shoot corner straight into Yates. He, just had, he was just running at Lawless. And you could see it. You could see it a mile off. You're like, he's going to run in the box. He's going to draw the leg. As soon as the leg comes out, he's going over. He's going and over, you, yeah. You, read it, you could read it perfectly. So... Penalty uh, and an upset AO Obile, um, who put it straight down the middle to give Easley the lead. And I said to you, I said, Granger will dive early and this goal goes right down the middle. And I called that perfectly, and he did. 
So one nil to Eastley, um, and half time whistle went straight after. And for me, you know, the first half was a tell two penalties really. We missed ours and they scored theirs. We looked a bit tired and void of ideas at points after the missed penalty. Dayton superb. Lawless, as well as giving away the penalty, looked a bit off it a little bit, I would say, if I was being honest. And Eastley were already time wasting, like you've said, even before they were 1 0 up. Yeah, exactly. Happy, happy just to come in for a draw, get out of it. So attendance announced 4,373. We've only 261 away fans. I thought poor they might right. have bought a bit more, but it's poor. You know, we are non league now, and I guess that's what some of the clubs bring. Yep, absolutely. Second half kicked off, no changes uh, for the O's, but in the 49th minute, we're lucky to not be 2 0 down as Obilay's header hits the post from close range. It's a big let-off yeah, for us Yeah, very big let-off. Very big let-off. And then you can tell easily, their half-time, man- their half-time talk from the manager said, come out, go, go for the second. Yeah. And if we do a second, we'll kill it. Uh, 53rd minute, Granger saved from Yeats. And then from a Sabrowski header, we were just about holding on at this point. You had the feeling they were probably going to nick a second and we, were, and we were looking again a bit tired, a bit void of ideas at this point. Their team is littered with ex-league players. They've clearly spent a lot of money on bringing players in. So to have someone like Chris Zabrowski, who was at Newport playing up front for them last season, you know he's a big guy. He's an experienced yeah. striker. So uh, 63rd minute, Clay plays a ball through to Caprice. His touch is too hard, and he goes in for a 50-50 with Stack. Um, Stack was on the floor, sort of spread, and, and I think Caprice has caught him. Um, and... I don't want to be unkind, but I didn't see him catch his face at all. I saw him catch his torso, but Clay sort of then sort of laid out like sort of arms out wide, like he'd sort of, you know, when you fall over comically, well, I think you we, lay with your I arms think we had out. It confirmed that, after the match, though, that he was actually not Someone down. actually said that... Callum told the, us, didn't he, after the match, that he was proper out of it. No, someone, no, it was the steward, one of the stewards, the pitch steward said that, the doctor had said that when he got there... He was out. He was out unconscious. But if he was out unconscious, he played on the rest of that game. Oh, he should have been taken so off. So that, that's more of an issue. Surely decision. that's yeah. Well, you'd think there's so. an issue there. You would think so. So he was down for about five minutes, I would say, for quite a while. Yeah, I'd say uh, so. And Receiving treatment, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's fine. You know, uh, by this point, he was already winding on fans up a little bit with his, with his time, time wasting. wasting. But you know, he seemed okay to continue. So that was that. 69th minute, uh, Steve Davis made a double sub as Josh Karoma and Romel Boko came on for Joby McEnough and David Mooney. Yeah. Um, you know, S- Steve Davis did say at the, man- at the meet the manager um, uh, evening that Josh has been playing as a striker in training and he looked really sharp and dangerous because Josh is a striker rather than a winger. It's just because he's got pace. He's, he's, definitely, on the wing. he's definitely bulked up in, um, in the summer, you can see that. And he, he's looked all right, actually. He looked very good when he came on against Eastleigh. So we entered the last 10 minutes. Uh, there was more urgency. The crowd was starting to get behind the team a bit more. Aggravated, we wanted by, it. aggravated by Eastley's time-wasting and poor sportsmanship. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so both Karama and Bocco were making a decent impact, actually. Yeah, more of an impact um, than what Mooney had made and what McEnough had made, to be fair. At points, it's a bit too ticky-tacky. So they're passing it around a bit too much. You know? Do you think? Look for the forward pass. But then, like, I guess you could say Bond's a bit isolated with five... Working around him. Yeah, but you know what you get with Karoma because he comes on and he just drives. He's very direct and yeah. he goes straight for it, which is what I like about him. Um, but like you say, we're passing the ball around, not really making that great progress, long rate, reduced the long range efforts, and you know, Eastley was still time wasting. Um, yep. You know, that was the only consistent thing about them, really. Yep, so 90th minute, Bocco shot over the bar after a decent spell of possession. Ball went up for six minutes, and you know, obviously Brisbane Road trying to cheer in on Orient goal. Absolutely, and then when the, yeah. as soon as the ball went up, Stack went down again. 
Uh, and this time he was blatantly failing injury. Yeah, so like, first oh, my eyes, my eyes. He was pointing. Oh, I can't like I'm going dizzy. Yeah. Like my eyes. So then he had to stop. And apparently, it was about. He was about to be booked for time wasting as well. Oh, I missed yeah. that bit. But right. A few people Didn't commented that. that he was about to be booked for time wasting. I think so. More possession for Orient. It looks like it won't be our day as we are in the 96th minute now, and we get a goal disallowed as Coulson taps in uh, from Bocco, but the ball had gone out of play. Now I thought that yeah. it was because Bocco was tapped in, tapped it in, and the linesman gave it for offside, but Bocco had run. Around rather than it being a Coulson tap in. I've not actually seen this back, so couldn't tell you. Okay, um, well, I th- I'm pretty sure because Bocco was gesturing to the ref. No, I've I've run from from round, and he was pointing as I am to you that no one else can actually see. Yeah, um, that I've sort of come from there. But anyway, uh, anyway, it was disallowed. Disallowed goal. It was either Bocco or Coulson. What I did notice though, when the goal was disallowed, Stack turned to the fans again and was oh, manically laughing. Yeah. Like, you know, winding the fans up and well I listened to like another podcast called like The Magic Sponge and Graham Stack was on there very quickly he came across really well he seemed like a really top fella so when I saw he was playing I was telling you about the podcast yeah, you, know, you yeah. should listen he's really funny but what a total jerk being family friendly show is the only way I can put it I'm sure when we go off air we'll use other profanities about him <laughs> so at that point you're thinking oh just let the full time whistle go still quite a few fans in the stadium quite a lot had already left in the building there's loads waiting by the West uh, West End uh, entrance like to leave since full time whistle went but it's not over until the fat lady sings and she had not yet sung as in yeah, the 90s she was just minute, clearing her voice a Bocco header a great header by Bocco actually a great little flick was cleared off the line and you're thinking no and everyone had their head in their hand ball came out to Craig Clay controlled it and you're like mate just drill it came out he shot low and hard through a sea of bodies the ball hit, I think, one of their defenders and just trickled over the line, but clearly over the line that we've seen because we've had people send us steals of it. Yeah. Um, and the goal was given, luckily, because obviously you don't have gold nine technology in the National League. Um, goal given, and Brisbane Road went insane. Yeah, they did. I think insane is probably the best word to sum it up because loads of people in the South rushed down to the top of the stairs because we're right behind the yeah. goal shouting and gesturing to stack of all sorts of profanities and things that we possibly couldn't mention. I think I was cheering so much that I nearly, I, I literally almost passed out after John hug, like John and like hugged me and that. And then after that, I, I sort of leaned back on my chair and I went, yeah. And I, I think I nearly passed out. I, I, from over, I, 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 I forgot to breathe. I broke my sunglasses. They're broken in the bin. No way. Yep. Did you really? Yep. And I hugged about four random blokes. I hugged one of the guys who won the Lisby t-shirt. When oh we, yeah, I yeah, hugged yeah. his son as he was going down. For some reason, I was running up the stairs. So everyone else ran Why down. Was you I ran up to the back. I don't know. Amazing. Um, but I haven't. It was great because I'm. I don't think anyone's got that mental one for years. I would say the last time I saw people go that crazy at a goal was Dean Cox's free kick. Yeah, at Brisbane Road. So, so that that is a combination of tension release. That is a combination of stack. just desserts for stack. Yeah. That is a combination of just everything. Us just not getting it right on the day and being clinical enough, and just absolutely, you know, we celebrated like we we've been promoted. We celebrated like that was a win, but I think Stack had a massive part to play on that. I think 100%. we would have celebrated anyway, but the fact yeah. that what had happened during the game made it all the sweeter. Basically, full time whistle went straight after yeah. that. Um, but quite how the Lino's seen that goal, I don't actually know because even people around us weren't sure the ball had fallen across sure. the line. I, I was sure, yeah. but people around us weren't so sure. Oh, it, it's just but it's just nice that the sure line got that right. Hundred percent, you know, nine times out of ten. Well, not nine I think he's making up for the Bocco thing. You'd hope Personally. so, but it counts. So anyway, very luckily, uh, full time whistle win. 
fans of play still celebrating. Elikobi was going mental when he came over. Yeah. It was great to see the celebrations. That Clay, he, runs, he pulled, Clay runs back to celebrate and then they all go back forward. Theo. He's yeah. got him by his shirt, pulling him like a father that brings his child yeah. to, to, to somewhere. Really good. Fantastic. Really good. And obviously, Eastley not too happy. Richard Hill, their manager, going crazy at the officials uh, for added time. So again, we had a few tweets sent to us with video clips of Richard Hill just going absolutely bombastic. He actually stepped... Um, um, he stepped over the... He was obviously being goaded by Orient fans yeah, yeah. in the West and he bit and he stepped. He went to step over the uh, the, the, the technical yeah. area line and actually have a go at some of our fans and I don't know if the National League are going to pick up on that I but think I, I think the, the, that sort of behaviour, the club need to report that sort of behaviour because that's not cool. So after the match, Steve Davis um, said it was a test of character and that was what it was about. We could have been in front with the penalty opportunity, yeah. but we didn't take it, and they did. So that was the difference in terms of chances. At the end, we threw our centre-back, Josh Coulson, up to occupy the defenders. I said that. And maybe that helped a little bit, but the main thing is they showed real great spirit to come back and get something out of the game. So we I don't normally do it. I saw he was at the top. Yeah, no, like, oh, they, they, they yeah. pushed him up front. So yeah, no, that, that was, was really cool. Yeah, We don't normally have manager uh, opposition quotes, but we thought it might, it might be worth doing uh, on the back of this one. Yeah, so, so Richard Hill said, it's a kick in the teeth and it was backs to the wall performance, but you're going to expect that at Leighton Orient. There are 4,000 fans screaming at the referee every time one of our players touches the ball. I mean... This just shows you the, the, the sour grapes this guy has. So he's going to be influenced. The, the referee wasn't influenced one because, once because, excuse me, if he was, he would have put Graham Stack for well, no, time. His, argue, his argument was it was six minutes injury time and we scored in the 98th. That was his beef. Fair enough, but he's saying every time one of our players touches the ball. So I think, I think it's just really sour grapes there. There is no point saying they aren't because they are, but at the end of the day, we deserve to win that football match. When you come to a place like this, you have to rely on getting what you deserve and we didn't get what we deserved. And for a lot of the game, it was like that, but we fought through and battled. At the end, Leighton Orient are celebrating a draw with Eastley. So I think that shows you what happened to Leighton Orient over the last couple of years. So that was Richard Hill. What, so what a piece of work. So I wouldn't worry about him too much. Piece of it was work. just worth putting in. Horrible. So we uh, were lucky enough to go to the post-match uh, press interviews after the match. Thank you to Charlie at the Cuff Sorting It Out. So obviously Steve Davis spoke, but that's available on Ozone, so we're not going to play that. Uh, and Craig Clay spoke after, so his interview with Charlie is available. Yeah, um, but, but after, he, Charlie after, after Charlie stops, he speaks to the local press like George Sessions and... Uh, Roland Lyons yep. and um, whoever's taken over from Shona. Yeah, it so we're Simon Mal, I think. So we're going to play the two, uh, two and a half minutes of Craig Clay talking about the match post ESIS. Here is Craig Clay. And sorry we missed the beginning of George's question, but you'll hear Craig's answer. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's, well, it goes without saying, there's still five, six, seven clubs that could go into the league, and obviously it's been proven where clubs go into the league and just hold their own, if not go on and do, you know what I mean, do well in the league. So yeah, it's you come up against a lot of, a lot of different challenges in the National League, big big lumps that, you know what I mean, that are just going to get into your teams that just want to pump it, but the way we're playing, we're trying to play football and trying to do it the right way, and I think a lot of teams will struggle to struggle to handle that, yeah. And you know, it's a, it's a new look team, isn't it, so patience is always going to be required, but you know, not made the worst of starts, and you know, no, not made the best of starts, but it's not bad. Five, six games into it, we're still, we're still early doors, you know what I mean, we We've only been working together two two months, if that, probably less than that. Some people came in late. I've only been yeah, a month and a half or whatever. So we're all still gelling. We're all still getting to know what's what's the best of each other's games. What you know, what I mean, what to do. Whether he wants it in behind, whether he wants it to feet. So all little things like that. Once we've fully got that, then I think we'll be miles better. But 
it's not the worst start, say, two, two points off the top. Yeah, definitely. You know, in terms of the fans, you know, not just here, but away from home, they've been, been incredible. Uh, I guess, you know, has that surprised you? No. Uh, I knew coming down it was a, a massive club with massive fan base and just everything about the club's quite homely and family-orientated. But it goes back to saying, I know it's cliche, but the fans are always a massive help at home and away. If they come and they're making noise, I mean, like, you do you do hear it, you do think, all oh, right, that's spurring me on now a little bit. So, you know what I mean? Being together as one, it's massive for us. And sort of in terms of going forward, do you think this point, you know, especially home, keeps that unbeaten home from going? You know, it does feel like Brisbane Road is coming a fortress again and it hasn't been that for a long time. Yeah, well, we know that teams are going to come in, like, say, later on, it's a big club in this league, but you can't just have that name, like, they're coming in, we're, we're actually playing our game and, like, say, the fans are intimidating. So everything, all in one, yeah, it's going to it's gonna intimidate a lot of teams. And the gaffer said that we're good enough to, to go the whole season without getting beat and we actually believe we are. So if we can just keep the momentum going, they'll beat record at home as long as possible, then it's always going to help us. And it seems the key here as well is, is being patient you know, pretty much everything that is going to come here is going to defend and it's just about staying calm and you know moving yeah we've, we've seen that every game teams have got more, more ten, 10 plays in their own half just the striker chasing down the defender so we, we know that we know teams are going to come and just park the bus kind of thing as you say but we've just got to be patient we know that as the game goes on maybe they'll tire out if we keep the ball etc and then gaps will start appearing so yeah we've got good game plans for the, for the game so we're, we're well equipped yeah. in terms of yourself obviously you know experience well, you're still being fairly young but you yeah. please you, you come in and, and taking that chance because you know, could have come in today and had a full performance and then can set you back on it yeah could have yeah could have come in and not done well but luckily obviously it's gone well for us and obviously I've, I've got my first goal which I'm buzzing about that got my first start so that's out of the way now but can't dwell on it too much another big game on, on Monday so if we can go and get three points there then it looks like a good good bank holiday for us play talking uh, post East Leifold Craig actually spoke really well and was obviously delighted uh, with his goal so thank you Craig for talking to us so that yep. meant the league table uh, meant we were 8th in the table after that draw we played 6 won 3 drawn 1 lost 2 10 points with a goal difference of minus 1 more on the table later uh, after the Maidenhead game absolutely so my views on that I think a great relief really having got that equalising goal I think we deserve that for me the disallowed Boko goal should have stood Official, the officials as a Excuse me, as I said earlier, evened it up by spotting that Clay's goal had crossed the line and I fully expected Moons to score the penalty, uh, but unfortunately it wasn't meant to be. I thought we lost our way at times. I thought lack of movement when we were in possession uh, for me is a bit of a concern. Not getting anything from set pieces, that really needs to change. Oh, that's a good point, actually. The corners always were near post looking for a Bond flick on and Mooney was coming short for corners again and you're like, Mooney... Go in the box or Bond, be in the box, don't be looking. They they shouldn't be the ones looking for the flick. Correct. They should be the ones in the centre. Yeah, good correct. Good yeah. Um, I think for me that needs to change quickly, so I think more work on that. Uh, because, you know, we are forcing a lot of these situations. You know, we're getting quite a lot of these in games. And, yeah. and the difference between teams that might make the playoffs and the team that gets ultimately promoted automatically could be the difference yeah, between those absolutely. that take good point. their set pieces and, and do something with it and those that don't. So. Some of the tweets that came in from the players about showing character, uh, I absolutely agree with. I think it's a fundamental point. It's these types of games we will come up against, no doubt, again in this league. And we'll need to keep going right to the end when the referee blows the final whistle. So they did show great character to keep going and to keep pressing. I think the disgraceful sportsmanship shown by Eastley, especially Stack and latterly Richard Hill's comments, should have been dealt with by the ref uh, in the first half. Their manager's yeah, post-match comments shows a real lack of class. Um, and I think, yeah, just, just a, a little bit of a bitter, we don't really like to talk about that, but it was just a bit of a bitter game, really, um, that, that, that sort of soured it. But, yeah, that's my views. Your yeah, views? Yeah, for me, you know, points snatched from the jaws of defeat and one that felt like a victory, ultimately. 
Mooney scores the penalty. I think we would go and win that pretty straightforwardly at that yeah. point. It wasn't to be. Lawless, silly to give the penalty away. Uh, we found ourselves up against it, I'd say, at home for the first time this season. And I have to say, after thinking it wasn't going to be our day, you know, I, along with everyone else, I think in the ground went mental and it was good. It was a good release to celebrate yeah. like that. Ref was poor. Yeah. Eastley's time wasting was poor. As bad as what I've ever seen, actually. Uh, standouts for me, though, on the day. Elikobi, I thought, was superb. Clay was very good. Dayton had his best game for me in an Orient shirt. Thought Caroma and Bocco changed the game when they came on. And Graham Stack, mate, this is calm. Point. Remain unbeaten at home and on grass this season. And what a way to do it. And it was nice to meet Paul Brooks before the match, uh, who bought some badges. And you are also welcome to buy badges if you're listening. Anyone who's out and wants a podcast badge. Great shameless plug. And lovely to meet Louise Tienens uh, and the family. And the family before the match. So those were our views. Again, your views. We can't mention all of them that we get. Otherwise, you're looking at a two-hour <laughs> podcast. Um, so firstly, at from Paul AR but H not says that felt like winning the FA Cup. Credit to the lads, they never gave up a massive and deserved points. Yeah, at CM Oriental said, sneak the draw against a, a resolute away defence. Need to take our chances. And that miss from Mooney, what was he thinking? <laughs> On me much? At George Girks says, definitely deserved the point. A fair result in the end. Their goalkeeper is our man of the match for that time-wasting. <laughs> Hashtag thank you. And he was getting... Uh, mentioned, like his actual Twitter handle was getting mentioned in loads of tweets. His hand, his Twitter line couldn't have been pretty uh, when he was going for it. Wouldn't have been very nice. Um, at I am underscore emo, emo uh, moment of the match was the Eastley manager moaning to the fourth official by pointing at his watch about the added time when we levelled. I thought that the ref was terrible. Let them time waste for 10 minutes, then book their player for time wasting in the 94th minute. What a joke. Yeah, at Ben LFC, so it's always good to nick a point when playing poorly. However, huge improvements needed and we had enough possession for Davis to see our weaknesses. At Bazaar 73, definitely think at Graham Stack 1 deserves man of the match today. Played a key role in our equaliser and for his acting. At Sunny P32, says a very well-deserved point. Also, I think Davis should bench Woodhouse to start Judd. Woodhouse seemed off of it today. Okay, at Euro Orient, love Caprice, Orient's Cafu. Cafu, like Clay, it. What a comparison. Clay and Lawless are too similar. Both like to spread play, need to get beyond the strikers. Widdison lacks confidence. At the Menace 1881 says, Live by the sword, die by the sword. Easily wasted time, they cheated, they got what they deserved. We'll come up against this tactic time and time again. No, that is a great point, that's what teams will do. Biggest club in the conference. Of course, if you go one up or even at 0-0, they're going to time waste. We just have to find ways of avoiding that. There was a great, not a great moment, there was a moment where the ball went off the pitch and there's no ball boy to get in Granger had to open the gate and go run down, down and say yeah. like what are the ball boys doing yeah. it's got to be a bit more reactive as a club to stuff like that at only one team those were the kind of games we lost last season team kept going some of the play was a joy to watch loving Dayton yeah. so agreeing with you there Dayton superb on Saturday at Kid Snow yeah, if the Mooney penalty goes in we win this quite comfortably Easily are well versed in the dark arts, but little else to offer. I love that tweet. Great tweet. For me, that is a really, really great tweet. But the final word on this game this week goes to at Paul Crouchman, who said, How important could our late goal and that point be at the end of the season? Well, time will tell on that one, Paul, but it's going to be some season up the O's. Fantastic tweet. So, prediction league update. So, well done to at Wadsey, at Rob MCC68, at Really QB9, at Speno011, at O's Fan Basing, at Rich P242. At El Corrado, at Bazal 73, at Paul underscore Stokes 39, at Strop underscore O, at Samuel LOFC 97, at Leighton underscore EOUS, at Ox Ooch, at Ian K. Richardson, and at Orient Buccaneer, who predicted one all, but there was only one who predicted 
1-0 with Clay to score. So huge well done to Glenn Beaven, uh, who picked up the four points. Full prediction league table roundup later in the podcast. Yeah, full. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that as well. So 27th of August, happy birthday to Orient superfan. Stato, Matt Bristow. Stato. And the ladies team lost 5-1 to Actonians with the O's goal coming from Eagle. So, better luck next week, ladies. As we said, it's going to be a tough, tough season for them. Yeah. They've got, they've got a bit of work to do. Obviously, we'll yeah, up. when you step up a league, it's never going to be easy, is it? And there'll be a of period of adjustment. But they'll they'll get themselves going. They, they uh, spoke to us at the Open Day and they said they've managed to keep the majority yeah. or all of the last team together. And strengthen it, so um, that's really the way to go. So good luck to Chris uh, Brayford and the team there. Um, so moving on to today, which is Monday the 28th of August, uh, we played Maidenhead away today, and the team lined up with Granger in goal, Caprice, Elakobi, Coulson, Widdison, Lawless, Clay, Dayton, Bocco, Caroma and Bon. And on that point, just before we started recording, we had a fan... Uh, to come on to the show, Stu Hebron uh, was joining us on the show, so now we're going to switch over to that pre-recording that we did uh, just before we started recording this. Sergeant, Sendles White, Oshing, Joby and Mooney. Yeah, that, as you can tell, two changes from the Eastley lineup as Rommel Boko and Josh Karoma come into the starting lineup in place of Joby McEnough and David Mooney and George Elakobi took the captain's armband. I think that's I think that's a decent team and, and the one tweet that stood out for me that I saw on social media that summed it up really well was uh, from at Vince Howard who said well done Steve Davis for recognising we would need fresh legs today yeah, it's been a point. very busy month we've played nearly a quarter of the season in one month and so you know you're getting injuries you're getting people that are starting to feel it you know yeah. even the younger lads are starting to feel it so it's a great shout yeah, for me yeah like it agree with both changes after Saturday um, to the starting 11 gives Mooney a rest gives Joby a rest obviously you know the wrong side of 30 in terms of footballing aspects so yeah good for me we had a good tweet come in from at Ian Mane Rene John who said probably the lineup I would have picked but Judd over Wooderson though perhaps which is a good tweet we had a few like that because obviously the meet the manager uh, Steve Davies said Judd was ahead of Wooderson at left back but no he's a, no, he was ahead of Scales at left back oh, really? if I remember rightly yeah because Scales is a left back who's gone out on loan mm. to Harlow right so he said if it wasn't Wooderson he would prefer to have Judd at a left back even though he's right footed oh, I must if, have heard that wrong if I've not mis- made a mistake now we couldn't be at the game today um, so we won't have seen any of the action um, but we've invited uh, Stu Hebron uh, who has been listening to us I think from pretty much the beginning uh, who was at the match today so Welcome to the show, Stu. Um, thank, you, thank you for coming on, mate. Um, your views on the team? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with the tweets. Really, it was nice to sort of see it freshened up after you know after you know quite an, an exhausting game on Saturday. I thought, um, and where you know sort of on Saturday they really you know went to play you know for the whole ninety-eight minutes or whatever it was and. Uh, yeah, I think we did need some fresh legs, and to be honest, I probably would have made those changes as well, really. Um, you know, particularly, you know, um, with with Joby being the wrong side of sort of like thirty. Yeah, and before the match kicked off, what was the atmosphere like in the way? And there's a little bit of a big turnout today, and a yeah, lovely it was great. Day. Yeah, it was great atmosphere. Um, it was just. 
it's just nice to see so many people smiling, you know, <laughs> as compared to the last, you know, three years, really. Um, you know, pe- you know, you know, people talking and you know, just you know, enjoying it for a change, which is which is great. And the smiles continued after only six minutes as the match kicked off and. A brilliant start for us as James Dayton, who's been a revelation, uh, and he seems to be getting stronger this season. Um, got some room on the right-hand side, he had a bit of time, putting a beautiful cross to McCauley Bond, who glanced header past the keeper, and it was one 0 Yeah, I mean, I mean, and not forgetting like Craig Clay started the started the move um, and put the. Um, I think it was him anyway that put the ball out to, to uh, James Dayton, and uh, and he had a chance to cross it first time when he got it and he didn't and then went back on and he actually crossed it over with his right foot I think it was um, and um, and then just yeah Macaulay Bond just um, rose excellently and you know off the side of his head and flicked it into the far corner so yeah great start and you know and, and I think sort of really for me the first 20 minutes of the game I think we absolutely bossed it and you could see you know why, mate? You know we made Maidenhead look like you know a national conference, you know South team, which they were last season, and uh, it was it was pleasing to see. So the third, first twenty there, you say, but but um, uh, sort of from the first half an hour, we we didn't look to be too troubled. I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, or if we're not mistaken, I think just a few minutes later, Dayton almost made it two 0 but his shot his shot just went wide. And just going back to his goal, he actually turns his turns the defender. He sort of dummies going one way and then goes the other and turns for that cross. So you know he's, he's been very impressive uh, for us um, so far. Uh, and Bocco sounds sounded lively. Uh, sounds lively in the 20th yeah. minute. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, in snippets. Um, you know, he, he comes inside quite a lot, to be honest. Um, you know, and and you know, there were at, at times, you know, Witherson didn't really have the support um, because Bocco kept on coming inside. But yeah, yeah, snippets of him was, you know, was quite impressive. And then in the 32nd minute, uh, Clay got books, and then in the 33rd minute, Granger saved. Uh, a free kick from Tarpey that went over the wall, but Granger seemed to hold it comfortably. Um, yeah, I mean a lot. I, I think you know a lot. A lot was. Um, well, I don't know if a lot was said, but you know Tarpey is like their main man, isn't he? Really. Yeah. But I mean, to be honest, I mean you know you know George Bellacobi and Josh Coulson, you know he's probably still in their pocket. To be honest, um, he, he didn't have much of a sniff all game, really. I like it, and in, in, in the need. 39th minute, Granger was called into action again uh, as he made a terrific save at his near post for Marks. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, uh, uh, I think he, he, you know he made the saves, and without them really looking that threatening, I think you know when we come on to talk about the second half, I think that's when we was a little bit sort of backs against the walls a little bit. Um, but um, I thought we sort of you know. After the first sort of 20 minutes, we, I don't know, we, we, we just seemed to lose our shape a little bit. Um, I don't know whether or not it was because it was absolutely roasting hot out there and the fact that, you know, two games in three days were starting to take its toll a little bit. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say there was any sort of like undue pressure from them first half. Which then sort of sums it up, really, because then we play three minutes of injury time. Uh, we go in 1-0 up. Thoughts on the first half? Um, without being spectacular, um, got the early goal, which was great. Um, you know, which I thought would, you know, 
you know, settle us down, which it seemed to do. I just think if we pass the ball around a little bit more than what we did and perhaps passing it forwards a little bit more rather than sort of going backwards and sideways, that we would have caused them a little bit, you know, more more problems because their two centre-halves, you know, particularly, you know, in the second half, we were just lumping the ball and it was like meat and drink for them, to be honest. Yeah, we did that on Saturday as well. We looked a little bit devoid going forwards um, as well. So I think I think that's obviously carried into this game. But you you know, Steve's not exactly had full blown time. You know, he's not had a real good good stretch playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. A lot of recovery going on. So anyone stand out for you in the first half? Um, Craig Clay um, for me, um, to be honest. Um, closely followed by probably Dayton. Um, but yeah, Clay for me, I mean, he, he's, uh, you know, my personal opinion, he's, he's got to be the first name on the team sheet every single week. Um, he's just, you know, you can see that he's played, you know, I mean, what, how many games did he play for Motherwell last season? Like 39 or something like that, was it? Um, and you can, you know, you can see. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, and I think it's. I still think that it, you know his signing is quite, a, you know, a big coup uh, for the um, for, for for the club, really. Yeah, I stand out. I absolutely agree with you on that. I, I like the look of Craig Clay an awful lot. We uh, we had a great stat sent in to us by at Matt Bristow, who seems to be the unofficial statty. No, he is. Um, <laughs> he said that LOFC have only lost one of their last sixteen away games, scoring first. We've won ten, drawn five, lost one. The defeat at Doncaster, three-one uh, defeat Doncaster on November twenty sixteen. Great knowledge, Matt Brilliant. Bristow. Well, Matt Bristow. So attendance announced at 2,544 with 734 away fans making the journey. So again, another great turnout. Uh, we're, you know, we're bringing so many fans to these smaller clubs without sounding disrespectful. Uh, so they must be loving it as well because all that revenue, money, yeah, yeah, all that extra revenue for them is great. So well done to everyone making the journey. Second half kicked off with no subs for the O's, and in the 48th minute, Roma almost made it 2-0 as he got the ball in the box, had a bit of space, uh, and his shot was well saved by. Pensney. Yeah, and then in the 50th minute, uh, Comley has an effort for Maidenhead that goes over the bar. So did they come out and sort of give it a good go the first sort of five, ten minutes then, Stu? Yeah, they did. I think that the whole second half, to be honest, they, you know, they properly came out and they, you know, they, they, they were lumping it up front. Um, they, they had a bit of a lump next to Tarpey. I think it was, I think it might be Marks. Um, they're, they're, they're number nine, and um, yeah, they, you know, they, they, and, and their number eight was causing a little bit of problems in in the central midfield um, as well. And uh, yeah, they, you know, they, they, they properly came out. Um, so, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, 54th minute. Yeah, almost again for Kramer. So he combined well with Bocco before curling just wide. So it sounds like the second half was a lot more open than the first with a lot of chances going on. Backs against the yeah. wall a little bit there. And then Granger in the 59th minute made a superb save from Marks after Pritchard's shot had fallen into his path. So again, the first 15 minutes, the first third of that was, was really much, as you say, very much for us backs against the wall. Yeah, and a 60 but gone. Stu, any thoughts on that on that save from Granger? Yeah, well, yeah, it was. I mean, the save. I mean, we we were, we were right behind the save, and you know, I mean, it's absolutely tremendous bravery from from Charlie Granger. Um, you know, it, it was it was exceptional, really. Um, and I, I just thought the whole game for me, he he, he looked he looked really assured. Um, and, 
know necessarily. I think having you know experienced players like George Lacobi and Josh Coulson in front of him that can only you know be be, be good for him. Yeah, I guess it's easy to forget that Grange is only 21 years old, and it, yeah. he's only played, yeah. he can only do what a handful of games himself, really. So yeah, and he got, he got um, and in fairness, I mean, I sit in the I sit in the north stand with Harry, and uh, and, and on um, on Saturday he, he did take a little bit of unfair stick for me from some of the fans in our stand, um, you know, um, but but. But yeah, today, you know, you, you know, you can see why he's, he's he's got that number one jersey at the minute. That's for sure. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Sixty third minute, Josh Coulson got booked uh, for a foul, and then just a minute later, uh, Orient made a double substitution as David Mooney and Joby McEnough came on for James Dayton and. Josh Karoma Mooney was given the captain's armband from Ella Kobe. Yeah, I would have probably just kept it well, as his vice captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that sub makes perfect sense because Dayton must be knackered because everything from Saturday he was going through Dayton and he's played an hour uh, today in his heat and it just shows the experience. Joby and Mooney know how to see a game out. Up with their experience, so for me, that's a perfect sub there from Steve yeah. Davis. Good, good, and early enough as well. Yes, still got half an hour or twenty-five minutes left. Your thoughts on that, Stu, on the subs? Yeah, I think I, I think I agree with you, boys. I think they, I think um, you know Davis made the, the the changes at the right time, really, for me. Um, you know, whereas in previous games, I know that he's you know he's sort of left it till quite late to make any changes. So yeah, yeah it was fun. quite it was quite refreshing to see, really, to be honest. Um, so so yeah, and, he, and, and and I think the right players came off as well. They were both you know Dayton sort of like after his. You know, after the first 20 minutes, you know, in the first half, really didn't sort of do much. But then, in fairness, we didn't really service him that well. Um, you know, um, you know, for, for a player of his talent, um, you know, you, you know, we've got to use him, use him a bit more. Yeah, perfect. So, 75 minute, Macaulay Bomb got booked for the descent. Shame. Yeah. Seventy fifth minute, Henry Ochang came on for Rommel Boko. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting change. Yeah. Uh, how did Henry do out of interest, Stu? Did you well, notice his he, he stuck him out on the right hand side of midfield. Okay. Um, and I, I, my understanding is more of a he's more of a centre centre mid. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, he, he carelessly gave the ball away, sort of like almost when come on. Um, he just tried to hold on to the ball a little bit too much. Um, but then he, he made a great. I, I, I'm sure you're coming up to this bit. Um, but yeah, yeah. He, he made he made he made a great uh, he made a great run, and their keeper came flying out. And I mean, quite why the referee didn't give a red card for it, I really don't know. To be honest, um, we've got it penciled down as should it be a red question mark? And it sounded like it, obviously without seeing it, we don't know. But in your eyes, easy well. easy red to give. Well, from where we were standing, I mean, obviously we're at the other end of the pitch, but you know, you, you I mean, you could clearly see that. I mean, he he, he, he took him out completely. Um, now, whether or not he thought that there was enough cover coming back into 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 the middle of the goal is, and perhaps that was the reason why he didn't give the um uh, the, the the red card. Um, yeah. But I just I just think the the officiating in this league so far has been <laughs> nothing short of abysmal. <laughs> To be honest, yeah, you're not the only one there. Yeah, the quality is, is well down there. Um, yeah, and, and and just to sort of add to what you said, Dave Victor and Matt Hiscox were also saying exactly the same thing on Ozone. So um, 
it, it probably should have been a red. Yeah, um, like seen him given in the past. So that was in the 81st minute. Josie <clears> took the free kick. Um, he was looking for that gap in the wall. Unfortunately, he didn't find it. The ball hits the wall. And then Maidenhead launched a counter-attack and, and Widderston came to the rescue, really, and defended brilliantly and cleared a low marks cross behind for a corner. So Woodson has been heavily criticised. How did Woodson do today? Because a lot of people, actually, on the tweets we got, uh, post-match said Woodson actually done very well today. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, a lot better than what he has been. Um, you know, uh, I mean, it, that, that, that clearance that you were just talking about particularly, um, and, then there, and then there was one, I think, about five minutes after that, I mean, were absolutely tremendous. Um, you know, great bit of defending, um, and um, so yeah, good to see. Um, I just, I just think his distribution with the ball could be a little bit better than what it is, really, to be honest. And you know, and you know, and, and um, on particularly, you know, on Saturday, um, you know, when he had a chance to cross it, you know, you know, we're all screaming at him to sort of like cross it early rather than sort of like you know, put his foot on the ball and then cross it, you know, um, so, and there was a couple of times today that he could have done that as well, really, but defensively, yeah, a lot better than what he has been, that's for sure. Really good, and in the last 10 minutes then, just to sum it up, made head piled on the pressure, uh, have you got the feeling we were going to concede? Yeah, massively, <laughs> I mean, there, 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 was, there was a few of us that were, uh, you know, heads in our hands at, at, at stages, that's for sure, and it was... You know, as I said earlier, it was backs against the walls. Um, but um, you know, when you've got, and I'm not sorry if I keep repeating myself, no, but when you've got those experienced centre halves in your team, you know, it you know it really you know it really does um, you know does make a difference. And I think you know um, why I, you know I, I rate Pollock and Clark, but I think you know if if we had them in the team today alongside maybe one of George or Josh then yeah things might have been a bit different brilliant and in five minutes of injury time were played Mooney had a shot carried away um, and Colson done a great piece of defending and the full time whistle went and we got three points what, what did it feel like at the full time whistle what was the mood like great yeah relief I think more than anything really um, you know because you know of the last you know particularly the last half an hour where you know they really did pressure on and you know and I just uh, and I thought you know like like on Saturday and, and, and other games really I thought at, at times the midfield tends to sort of like sit a bit too deep um, they tend to sit a little bit you know close to the defence and I think that's you know that, that sort of invites pressure really um, but you know then in saying that you know we're away from home against the newly promoted side um, you know, we, 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 we've got the early goal, we've come away with the three points. Would we have done that last year, the year before that, the year before that? No, yeah. not, not anywhere near. And we've got some great characters in that team. And, you know, you could see, you know, the, the, the camaraderie at the end as well when the final whistle went. They're all high-fiving each other. And, you know, even Ross Embleton was on the pitch and, you know, fist pumping towards the, the you know, towards us fans as well. And it was... It's just great to see, it, you know, it really is. It's great to see the, you know, the, the drive and the passion back in the club again. Brilliant, Stu. That's a fantastic, fantastic, amazing summary. You are welcome back on the On Outlook podcast anytime, my friend. Um, thank you very much. Nice, away, nice. It's a pleasure. So thank you very much for having me on. 
So that was Stu Hebron, who can be found on Twitter at Dear Stu, talking about today's game at Maidenhead that we went to. If you go to lots of away games and want to come on the podcast, and obviously we can't make every away game, let us know. We'd love to have more fans on talking about games we can't get to. 100% spot on there. So the last stack that we are going to nick from uh, the unofficial Stato, Matt Bristow, is first 1-0 win since Accrington in December 2016, and the first 1-0 away win since Yeovil in May wow. 2016. That is great knowledge. Fantastic knowledge. So after the match, Steve Davis spoke to Dave Victor. Uh, and Dave Victor tweeted, Steve is pleased with what we have done in August. The defence has been excellent since the six conceded at Bromley. Last time we mentioned that. And we have <laughs> learnt a lot. So nice there from Steve Short and Sweet, which meant the league table. Yeah. Uh, with that win, we have climbed to the dizzy heights. I think this must be a record for the podcast since we've launched of being third in the table. We've never mm-hmm. been at high no, in the table. We We've not, mate. It's all been under Bichette's reign. It's the third time we've been you top can't, three no, in the league table you're after seven play. games. I am. You're right. I take that all back. And I said the B word as well. That's so what I'm played saying. seven, won four, drawn one, lost two, 13 points with a goal difference of zero. Sutton's top on 15 points. So if Sutton lose on Saturday and we win, we could we'll be, be above them. So yeah, yeah. So, Lots going on there. So your views on today's performance? Yep. Uh, delighted to get this win, which means we've got four points from two games this weekend and brings the opening month of August to a close with a win. The game sounded quite difficult. We had to dig in at times. Big shout to Coulson, Dayton, Widdison and Granger for their performances today. I mean, obviously there were a lot of good performances, but for me, from what Stood I was out. hearing, the standout guys. Yeah. It was a big shout by the gaffer to drop Moons and Joby, but it's a team game and everyone will play. And credit must also go, obviously, to the 734 fans who went today. And just to reiterate what we've already said, our, our su- travelling support is absolutely outstanding. I also obviously think it helps that these are within an hour of London, so they're not that difficult to get to, yeah, True, uh, which, is, which is which is helpful for us. Good Your point. thoughts? Yeah, I mean, a great win and well done to the team. Sounds like we defended very well, which was good to hear. Granger, yeah. well done, made some outstanding saves by all so accounts. That's a great point because... Somewhere and somewhere, he's been getting a bit of stick, isn't he? He has, right. yeah, like, yeah. As Stu said, from those in the North Stand. and so There's I a bit think, in the South, to be fair. I think it's all stands, but I think, think? I think you get out of football all the yeah. time. Good to see Bond with another goal, so well done, McCauley. Uh, interestingly, all Bond's goals have been away from home so far this season. Mm. Uh, good to see another assist from Dayton, who I've been very impressed with, especially over the yeah. last week or so. I was happy with the team today, happy with the subs today. So all in all, very happy um, with, good. With, with the Bank Holiday weekend as a whole. So those are our views. Your views again, a short selection of what we've come in. Some are still coming in now as we are recording. I can see them popping up on our phones. So, uh, at Len M4. So, that is a result that can make a difference between promotion and not. A fantastic effort by the lads. Gary Talbot7 tweeted saying, solid. Sort of games that must be won if immediate return yeah. is happening. At Sharky Walsh is getting. I'm going to have a few Keogh beers in Cyprus now. Hashtag Orient, Orient, Orient. I can't wait to get back to my seat in the South Stand. <laughs> At Matty, LOFC Evans. Another valuable win. We are only two points off the top spot. Just need to continue to grind out Absolutely. results. Joe on Scott Pavitt says a much needed win. Listen to the commentary. It sounds like Woodison did great today. And good to see Granger do well after Saturday. Yep, at Robert Locke 14. Once again, it sounded like a very good workman-like team performance rather than spectacular. At the end of the day, that has given us the yeah, points. Great gri- point, Robert. Yeah, at Gorillas 1985. So we can play like that all season as long as we get three points and help us get to the playoffs at least this season. Yeah, at MP Allen, triple two. Four wins and third in the league after seven games. 
think most of us would have been quite happy with that before the season started at the O's. Very happy with that. Yeah. MJJS Scanlon said, good win on a poor pitch. Just need to be more clinical, win in front of goal. There was a few tweets about being more clinical in front of goal, getting a second goal to kill it off today. Yep. At Wrecker Blue, Blue App said, Maidenhead deserve a lot of credit. Made us work very hard for that win. Good performance overall. Ella Kobe is sublime and very pleased to win. Yeah, in the second game after a win where Ella Kobe's gone into the crowd, he'd done it again today, went into the away stands, high five and everyone, he'd done it again Did uh, he? on Saturday. At Paul underscore LT2P says, I think August has been good given where we were at and the huge challenges we were facing. Yeah, David Medjik said, very strong defensive performance. Maidenhead did well in fairness to them, but our defence did not budge under pressure. Thumbs up. LOFC 1978 says, really pleased with an away win and a clean sheet. Only concern is not getting that second to kill the game. Great backs to the wall stuff though. Yeah, like I like that, that tweet. Yeah, really good point there about getting that second goal to kill the game yeah. off, like you said yeah. uh, earlier as well. Leighton underscore Eos said, third in the league without playing well, uh, without really playing that well for the 490. Yet the defence and Charlie Granger, sorry, for the full 90 minutes, yet yeah, defence and Charlie Granger were immense up the O's. Yeah, Kid Sampson O's did a fab result for LOFC the past three years, off field shenanigans or not. We folded it under any sort of onslaught, but not today. Yeah, that's a, a good, good point tweet. as well. O's fan base in very solid at the back. Ella Kobe just loved attacking the ball. Credit to Widderston, great second half, showed character. Very hot, enjoyable day. <laughs> Masters underscore James D says, I'm just smiling. To be where we are after everything that's happened over the summer is just a bonus. Just happy to have hashtag our club back. And the final word this week goes to ReedyQB9 who said, Think we'd all have taken this a month ago. Good start. We should improve as the year goes on, in my opinion. So that's all looking good so far. So thanks to everybody who has tweeted and is tweeting us. We're sorry we can't read every single one out. So we're going to move on now to wrap this up with the Prediction League. Yes, yeah, so results from today. Well done to at Warbs, at Only One Orient, at to Gambino Snitch, and to at Orient65, who predicted 1-0 to the O's and get three points. But a huge well done to at Alp5399, at iHeartRushmore, and at David underscore Mattock, who predicted 1-0 and Bonta score. So they get their maximum four points from today. So well played, gentlemen. Indeed. Uh, prediction league table. At Joe underscore Pavitt and at Lawton Gamps are still top of the league. But it is very, very close. The full table is up on our Facebook page. Yeah, and a fantasy football update. Well done to Sophie Henderson, who leads our fantasy football league on 209 points. Just ahead of Tolo Sangawawa and Pierre Fleet. Where I'd rather not talk about mine. Where are you, mate? 133rd, but it's a matter of 155, right? Yeah, not a sprint. Yeah, it will come good. It's not a sprint. It will come good. Uh, my friend Adam's in our league. Our friend Adam's in our in, in our league as well. I can't remember where he's at, but I think he had a bit of a mare as well. But um, anyway, positives and negatives this week. We've got quite a few positives this week. So Macaulay Bond's goals... Over the last three games. Well done, McCauley. Only one goal conceded in the last three games, and that one was a penalty. Well done, Charlie, and defence. Yeah, last-minute equaliser at home to Eastley. Yeah, always good to see. Yeah, the away support this, this, this month. Phenomenal away support. And our league position being third. Yeah. All good. Five positives, unbelievable. So negatives, got to have some negatives to balance it out, haven't we? Of course. So, got two. Uh, first one, Charlie Lee's injury. So again, we've gone through it but we wish Charlie Lee all the best and hope he can make a speedy recovery from his injury uh, and our last negative inability to kill off the team versus Maidenhead again yeah. came up through quite a few tweets we had today um, yeah. so that's it so let's round this up it's a hero of the last week and a half so we've put it down to a public vote uh, we tweeted at 6pm with a two hour deadline we had four nominees for the hero of the last 10 days 
for the last 10 days. 10 days. <laughs> Nominees were McCauley Bond, James Dayton, Charlie Granger and George Elikobi. And the results are fourth place goes to Charlie Granger with 15% yep. of the votes. Yep. Third place with 22% of the votes is McCauley Bond. Second with 25% of the votes is James Dayton. So the winner. And the winner with a massive 38% of the votes is Big George Elikobi. So well done uh, to Big George. Thank you for your votes in two hours and it was rather a kind of snap decision to pull it to the yeah. public. We had 230 votes pretty much. Something so fantastic. So keep an eye for more Twitter polls. Um, thank you for voting if you voted. So yeah. next week's fixtures in. Just one fixture uh, for the O's this week. So we entertain Geisley at home on Saturday. So Geisley lost 1-0 at home today to Hartlepool and are currently 22nd in the league on five points. And we're coming to a stadium, coming to Brisbane Road for that club is going to be like coming to Wembley from for us. For us, you know, it's massive for them. Yeah. So hopefully in the next podcast we'll be talking about another win. Yeah, this Thursday is transfer deadline day for league clubs. If we're going to sign someone from a league club, it's got to be done this week. Yep. And we also expect the club to confirm the signing of a big target man this week. So keep your eyes and ears open uh, on our social media accounts. Yep, so that's it. So you thought it would be an hour 15. We're coming in at an hour 20. So thank you for joining us for an episode 112. It's been a cracking week and a half on the pitch for the team with the boys picking up seven points from an available nine. McCauley Bond picking up some goals. Defence keeping clean sheets and have a great spirit on the pitch. Emphasised with the last second equaliser at home to Eastleigh. Morale at the club continues to be amazing with Steve Davis making a very good impression and meet the manager. With the only real negative to talk about over the last week being Charlie Lee's injury. So again, we wish Charlie well. So we'll be back with episode 113 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. Yeah, and if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, TuneIn and Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. If you have an older relative or loved one who you think would enjoy the podcasts, um, please help them out, um, add it to their phones, their computers, whatever it may be, uh, help them out, download it for them. Uh, and as always, thank you again to everybody who's contributed, to Stu for coming on, for Charlie for letting us speak, uh, uh, get Craig Clay, uh, all of you who've tweeted and emailed us in, and we look forward to hearing from you. Keep calm, uh, always uh, keep calm, listen to the Orient Outlook podcast, we will see you next week. Yeah, up the O's, have a great week. Yeah.